and welcome to the Raw Conversations Exploring the Unspoken Realities podcast. I am your host, Mirna Rivera, so let's get to it. Today, I have a very special guest. Um, When I thought about creating a podcast, she was one of the first humans I thought of. I don't know if she knows that. (laughs) No. Um, but I am going to allow her to introduce herself so that we can start this conversation. Oh my gosh. Welcome. I knew there was going to be an intro and I didn't, I didn't really put much thought into what I was going to say, honestly. That's perfect Um, for this. Yeah. Right. It's natural. Yep. So my name is Whitley, Whitley Joe, usually go by Whitley. Um, I would say that I am a life coach. That's kind of how I met Mirna with a focus on mindfulness. Um, I've kind of taken a backseat from life coaching for the time. So it's kind of weird to introduce myself as that, but I'm hoping I get back to it soon. And we'll kind of today get into why I took a step back from all of that, honestly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's great. Cause it leads us right into that thing that we want to talk about. Um, when it comes to self and self-love. Yeah. And I think that we've had a few conversations about coaching that le- that have led us right back to wait, we're doing the work on ourselves first before yep. we dive into the world. Yep. So with that, can you tell us a little bit about why you took a backseat on coaching? Or if you would even call it that, really, let's explore that. Yeah. You know what? I don't think it is. Well, maybe it's a backseat. Maybe it's passenger seat. I think I'm still definitely on that road. I just am not in the forefront of it anymore, you know, um, it's funny because when we decided on this topic of self-love, I immediately remembered that it's probably been at least a year, but maybe even a year and a half at this point since we had that Zoom meeting like we always did monthly. And I had been going through life and there was some hard stuff coming up. Um, I had some housing insecurity going on and that kind of flared up some old trauma that actually Mirna helped me realize just simply by asking the question, you know, have you ever had trauma around housing insecurity? And I took a minute and I was like, wait, yes, (laughs) yes, actually I have. (laughs) Um, So that was, that was an eye-opening call. And during that call too, I remember saying to you guys that I had kind of come to the decision that I needed to go back to therapy. And that was hard to come to the conclusion of because I had been through so much therapy already. Mm. And, you know, felt like I had worked through things, felt like I had processed things. Um, But what actually kind of re-triggered me, brought everything back up to the surface was losing my childhood pet. Mm. And that I think just kind of ripped the band-aid off of all of this stuff that sure I had probably processed to a degree Mm -hmm. but 
especially too, like as we grow, you know, we have a different perspective of things. We're no longer in the middle of what's going on around us. And we kind of can see like a bigger picture. And I realized as I was trying to deal with and process the grief of losing him that I had this like nasty, nasty inner voice that was like trying to convince me that somehow it wasn't okay that I was like as upset as I was Mm. about him being gone, you know? Like, I remember even thinking in those moments, like, hearing this voice in my head, like, this inner judge is like, are we really (laughs) breaking down over, like, a pet, you know? (laughs) Which sounds insane when you say it out loud. But that's why I think I was struggling as bad as I was, because I had this, I had developed this voice that was a product of childhood and you know the environment that I grew up in all of the different like you know just what's the word I guess just how your parents choose to raise you right and the expectations that they set for you and I don't think you realize until you get older until I think for me it was mindfulness was why I was able to even like notice that voice and be like what what is that you know mm-hmm. like why can't I have the empathy that I have for all of these people you know like that's why I wanted to get into life coaching is because I am an empath and I do care about people and I want people to be happier in their lives and so I'm thankful for mindfulness in that sense that it like allows me to actually notice mm-hmm. those things and that voice was so loud and it was making it nearly impossible to actually like grieve and do what I needed to do wow because some part of me that was like no this is wrong you Mm -hmm. shouldn't feel like this like you need to just keep going keep your head down keep moving like yeah and for the listeners that sounds different than beating yourself up and saying these other things to yourself when you think that you have that voice in there that's sabotaging you from moving forward, this is a little bit different mm-hmm, because it's mm-hmm. showing up in a different dress. It's the same behavior in a different dress. Yep. What, what do you think was a turning point for you to start listening, to, like hearing that voice and paying attention to it and, and, and not in a paying attention to that it this is what it's telling you to do and not do it but more so wait this is not who I am this is not who I want to be kind of way and that was just an example not saying that that's what your voice was saying to you right no honestly I don't think I was able to see that until I got into therapy and actually started to like unpack okay all of the stuff okay so let's back up then okay when you first heard it when we're mm-hmm. having that conversation in the Zoom room, mm-hmm. we, we we had a mastermind back that we would go to and that's where these things would come up. That was your cue to go to therapy. One of, one of the many. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I felt like 
honestly, if I hadn't like found mindfulness in the years prior to mm. that moment, that I probably wouldn't have even noticed it. But I think that because I had gotten to a place where I just kind of naturally am mindful about my emotions and where they're coming from and what they're trying to tell me. And I felt very, very, very dysregulated when all of that was happening. Like I didn't feel like I had a lot of control over what I was feeling. And I honestly didn't feel like in that moment that I understood why that voice was present, why, where it was coming from. I just knew that it was making me miserable, more miserable than I already was, right? Mm -hmm. It was actually one of the things, aside from all of the grief that losing my cat kind of drudged back up, you know, because it was almost like it ripped a Band-Aid off of, like, all the grief that I had had up until that point in my life, honestly. And when I called, yeah, There's when I called, really tiny, but it hurts a yeah. lot. Yeah, it hurt really bad. And I could tell, like, I knew that I loved my cat so much. He really was like a regulator for me, honestly, like emotionally, nervous system wise. And he had actually been with me and been present through a lot of my childhood trauma. And so I think that was a big piece of it too you know that I was losing that security and but I knew at the same time that this there was more to this this wasn't just grief from losing him it was yeah years How long did years you have your ah uh, he was man he was a really old man I probably got him when I was maybe and that's why I'm asking because yes. for the sake of the listeners sometimes yeah. we have an attachment to something that helps us regulate yeah. and we beat ourselves up when we lose that connection even even if it's just a connection of and it's not a death of a pet or a loved one it yeah. sucks yeah yeah and I don't even think I realized. I think it was just the comfort of all. I always had him, you know, like I took him to college with me. Like he literally went everywhere with me. Mm -hmm. And when he was gone, I think I just was like raw and exposed mm -hmm. to everything, you know. And yeah, I mean, that alone was a lot. And that I think even if I just had that, I would have gone back to therapy anyway. Mm -hmm. But then, yeah, noticing that like nasty, nasty inner voice was like, I, this is beyond me. Like, I, I don't have the tools to deal with that, you know? But yeah, that's why I ended up reaching out. Um, I got lucky. I found a really good therapist first try. And I, that was one of the things that I told her too. In our very first like initial phone consult, I said, I'm here because my cat died. <laughs> I have a lot of stuff that needs to be processed. But also, I'm noticing that I'm making this like a million times harder on myself. Mm. For what reason? I don't know. That's why I need you. <laughs> you know, that's pretty powerful that you were able to say that and say, I am yeah. making it harder yeah. on myself. It's yeah. 
nice that you're able to do that and say that. And for other people to hear you saying that, because accepting that is part of the process that's going to help you heal. Right. Yeah. I, mean, I think I, at least I think so. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, at that time, there wasn't a lot of compassion for that voice. And it, it, I, it felt like a war. Like I was at mm-hmm. war with mm-hmm. myself and I was like, I need this broad gone. Like, I mean, we need to get her out of here. <laughs> like, I can't, I can't do this, you know? Like, what do you mean I have to be uh, friends with her? I wanted her out. I know, I know, I know. What was that process for you like? Did she, did you, getting to a point where, did she get out or did you befriend, did you befriend her? You know what? I am currently in the process of befriending her. Uh, Funnily enough, I actually, I would say it was a bit of a breakthrough. I had therapy earlier today and we talked about that because that has been coming up. And we actually talked about how I've noticed that it's changed. Mm. And I can tell that it's still the same well, let me back up. Basically, we've come to the conclusion that that voice is a very young version of me. Mm. And she has a lot on her plate in terms of feeling like the pressures of making everyone, it's the people pleasing, really. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not causing issues making sure that I do what I'm supposed to be doing so that I don't cause any kind of waves for anybody else. Mm-hmm. It's making sure I do good in school so that I don't get in trouble because there's all of this pressure to never fail and to be the very best that I can be. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it, it. I had a realization that I didn't have to be at war with that piece of me because that piece of me in a very weird way is trying to protect me mm-hmm. and that's really weird to say to say yeah. and say oh yeah this thing in my mind that's you know telling me that I shouldn't be feeling this way and this isn't normal and mm-hmm. I need to get over it is actually trying to keep me on this path so that I can keep going so that I don't disappoint anyone mm-hmm. so that I can you know achieve all of these achievements that apparently are, that it feels like life or death like that version of me it feels like life or death mm-hmm. totally valid so, valid yeah. survival yeah. adaptation yeah yeah and so now it's visual uh, visualization is honestly I think been the most helpful for me personally in therapy is to literally visualize that young version of myself because then she's not so scary mm-hmm. you know what I mean she's, mm-hmm. not so nasty. she's not so mean she's literally just trying to help me like get by mm-hmm. in the way that she thinks that we're supposed to get by right so I'm still in the process I would say of like fully accepting her and fully embracing her but we I think that I'm getting really close and I feel like I've noticed even in the last few months 
but it has shifted. Like there's no more mean or judgment. It's almost like it's changed tactics. Mm-hmm. And now we're trying to like just kind of sprinkle a little bit in in a nice way mm-hmm. to try to get me to keep going. An example being, you know, I've taken an extended break from doing life coaching and I ended up signing up for this mindfulness-based stress reduction course through Brown University a couple of months ago. Mm-hmm. And looking back, it wasn't time for me to do that, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I realized, because I didn't hear that nasty voice, I didn't hear that nasty voice saying, you need to get up and go. Like, we need to do something. Mm-hmm. It was a, well, maybe we can start here. And maybe, you know, it's like trying to be nice. A little bit of, there's just like a little bit of trickery going uh-huh. on. Uh-huh. And so I'm have, I'm learning to deal with that. But I feel like the mindfulness is also helping with that too. Because if I really listen to it, mm-hmm. if I really sit with it, I can be like, you know, I don't, I think that's her. I think that's her. And she's just not being loud and nasty about it anymore. She's trying to kind of coax me, but it's still not what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. All for the listeners. That's another thing that comes up too. It's how the voice comes through. Mm -hmm. What message it's bringing, but the result that you're going to get from that is not what you needed at the time. Nope. nope. And you can sense that. So that voice doesn't necessarily have to be mean and nasty in order to sabotage your growth. Yep. Yep. Amazing. Amazing. It is. The journey to self-love is interesting in more ways than yeah. one. Yeah. And I mean, it might sound, some people think it sounds crazy when you talk about different parts of yourself and imagining this, you know, little girl, but that's, personally, that's how I have to do it. Like, I have to see it that way because I realize that having self-love is having empathy for yourself in the same way that you would for anyone else that you love, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so if I look at look at it as this little girl who is just trying her best she's just trying to keep me safe keep me on the right track even if it is not (laughs) the right track right Mm -hmm. I can still accept that that's a part of me and that right now is I'm kind of on this journey of we even like in therapy I described it as you know like I have my higher self Mm -hmm. And then I have the the parts of me that are, parts. I don't like to use the word baggage, but it is a little bit of baggage to have to like carry them with us, right? And in the beginning, like I said, I wanted to say, get get her out of here. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want her. I don't want to see her. I don't want to talk to her. Like, I'm done. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel that way anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like now I am coming at it from a place of like, I want to bring her with me you know, and make sure that she hopefully one day realizes that we don't have to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're right. A lot of people think that it's crazy talk. Um, when you bring a child into the picture, it, but it really, when you sit down and think about the way that you express 
how you think to someone that's close to you, um, you kind of say, there's part of me that wants to do this. There's also part of me that doesn't want to do it. And there's part of me that sees that this is very wrong, but then there's part of me that loves it so very much. It's basically the same thing. Yeah. Just putting language to it because when you're a child and you go through trauma, you don't grow up. The child is the one that carries all that up until when it's like the child is growing physically, but not mentally. So there's a gap in between. Um, and we can explain this in so many different ways. Um, and you don't have to, you know, take what we're saying, you know, as Bible (laughs) or (laughs) lack of a better word. Um, but just explore within yourself what's happening up there. What's happening with you? Can you say that you have a little bit of love for yourself? Can you say you love yourself a lot? And to what extent do you want to carry that through for yourself and for the people that you love? Because taking care of yourself and learning to love yourself and or loving yourself helps you show up better in relationships and makes you a better human for those that you come in contact with. Yeah. And I know that you and I are going to continue to talk more about this journey and more about self-love and more about self things. I invite you to the podcast and um, we can continue to have um, different conversations on different episodes. Um, But is there anything that you want to say to the listeners about this journey? I would say that therapy first and foremost, in my opinion, is something that we should all utilize like Mm -hmm. wholeheartedly. No matter if you've been through, you know, trauma or you feel like you've had an okay life, whatever it is, like it's, it's hard to unpack all that you've been through, no matter what it is on your own. And so I would say just to have like an open curiosity for yourself and really ask yourself, you know, do I love myself? And don't let it just be about who you are as a person or your, you know, your personality or relationships or things like that. Just in a true, true sense, like if you really sit with yourself, like how do you feel, you know? And if there's any question or if there's any, hesitancy even to like even sit with that and do that I Mm -hmm. feel like seeking out professional help is the way to go and like you said it does it not only does it benefit you it benefits the people around you so I would say to just be curious okay be open to yeah bettering yourself okay so for those listeners that are listening and wondering what is she talking about by open curiosity? What, what is that? Because a lot of us haven't been told. And these conversations that we're having are pretty much not had on a regular basis. So when you talk about curiosity and we talk about things that sound crazy out there, it's like, what is she talking about? What is that? What would you say to them? About open curiosity specifically? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My mind immediately goes to mindfulness. <laughs> like, I can't lie because that's just me. And I feel like that's what mindfulness gives you is an ability to be curious about everything, yourself, how you're feeling, 
And I feel like, and maybe this is going off too far on a tangent, but like the world that we live in, it's so, so, so easy to be so wrapped up in a laundry list of Mm -hmm. different things Mm -hmm. that being, having open curiosity, I feel like isn't that easy Mm -hmm. if you're stuck, if -hmm. you're stuck in that, you know what I mean? And so I... I don't know I think I think it's just really going within and really just again sitting with yourself and just asking questions Mm -hmm. maybe it's as simple as that why do I feel like this today Mm -hmm. how do I feel today what do I like what do I think that's about Mm -hmm. and just be curious and see where it goes yeah I often um tell people that the brain is like a child. And when you're treating your brain a certain way, forcing questions out of yourself, your brain shuts down. Starts going, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But if you treat your brain like a child, and I, I usually use this metaphor of you find a three-year-old drawing a picture on the wall and they're drawing and drawing and you're like, oh my God, what are you doing? That child immediately freezes or starts crying and doesn't, can't tell you what they want to tell you because they, they done forgot. (laughs) But if you come to that same child with a different approach, curiosity is it, oh my God, what is that? What are you doing? The child goes, I draw a picture for you. Is this for you? And it's like, oh, it's open. And Mm -hmm. I think that that is how I can express curiosity is treating your brain and yourself as if you were a child, bringing up that child thing again, because it truly is how you get most of your answers. And that child will then learn, Hey, Hey, I love the picture, but here's a paper next time. Let's try drawing on the paper. (laughs) And we're not saying that the child is going to draw on the paper next time he might draw on the wall again. It might take you a few times before the child starts drawing on the piece of paper rather than the wall, but it's a different approach yeah. to the child, to the brain, to ourselves when we're open and curious with ourselves. Yeah. No judgment. No judgment. That's a little tough for some of us. I mean, I think for me personally, that was a little bit hard um, because I, because of the way that I was raised. Um, we were, I was raised in a very, um, judgmental place and not by fault of my parents, but because the environment taught us to be judgmental with ourselves so we could be better. Yeah. Which I feel that I feel that (laughs) you feel that. So, um, is there anything else you want to say to the listeners? I know that we're going to have more conversations on this, but I think that it's a pretty good segue. Yeah, I mean, other than, I think we've pretty much covered it. I think just maybe leaving it with them potentially taking a minute after listening to this to sit and just check in and see how you feel. Check in with With yourself. Try with no judgment, you know? I'm not saying it's going to be that easy because none of it is that easy. Right. So 
but maybe even just sitting in that moment and feeling a little bit of discomfort or feeling like maybe you don't have the tools to do that. Maybe that's the cue for you to seek out some resources. And I think one more thing I wanted to ask that just came up before I close this segment to the therapy piece, because I have said numerous times, therapy can be, can be great and therapy could be re-traumatizing. And I know that because I know you, what mentality you went in to see the therapist with, but I think that, I don't know if you would agree with me to say that when you're deciding on finding a therapist, give yourself the opportunity to decide if you want to continue on with this therapist, if things aren't going that great and set setting, setting, setting that up for yourself before you even go into it. Because sometimes once we're into it, we mm-hmm. don't, we can't, we are not well equipped to give ourselves permission to change our mind and go on because we feel terrible at doing yeah. that. Yeah. No, I agree with you. And you're right. You're usually in a pretty low and vulnerable place right? Mm-hmm. when you're reaching out and trying to find a therapist. And I wish it wasn't that way, but it just is. And I, I guess we could chalk it up to being, you know, comparable to just relationships out in the world. You know, you vibe with some people and you don't vibe with others. Sure. And it's the same kind of thing. And therapy is raw and unfiltered and sometimes ugly and emotional all the things that you probably wouldn't want to do with somebody that you don't feel comfortable with yes so definitely going into it and just feeling it out and treat it like an interview you know go a couple times and see how you feel again being curious and asking yourself what did I you know how did I really feel about that do I agree with what they're telling me? Do I feel like they're, you know, touching on the kinds of points that you want to touch on? I can't even tell you how many therapists I've gone and saw. And after one, I was like, nope, that ain't it. <laughs> That's yeah. okay. Oh, and tell me about them, it. Most of them aren't offended, you know? Yeah. For me personally, just because of my own stuff, I tend to get along a lot better with women. And Mm -hmm. so there's been a couple of times in my life where I've gone and tried to meet with a male therapist and it just doesn't buy just wasn't it. No, Mm -hmm. no. Mm -hmm. And for women too, I've seen a couple of women and I'm like, "Mm, I I don't feel like we're on the same wavelength, you know? Mm -hmm. And I just happened to get really, really lucky with the lady that I found at the right time. I think that's wonderful. That's wonderful. And um, I will say giving you a little bit of a tidbit here to when you prepare yourself for these things ahead of time, nine times out of 10, you'll have the answer. Right. When you're in the situation, then when you don't prepare yourself, because when you prepare yourself, you use logic to do that. So when that prompt comes up, the fear, the whatever it is, because some therapists can be triggering to some people, like you said, whether it's because it's female, male, cologne, smells, just the way that their setup is in their office. It's not you. It's not your brain. It's just that something is triggering something within you. So open curiosity and just being open going in, Hey, I'm just having this conversation with you to see if we're a good fit for each other, because if we're not, I'm going to move on. And that way that person knows that ahead of time. And they're probably going to either give you their best selves or you're going to see something that you otherwise wouldn't have seen 
during the consultation. So um, we'll put some resources in the show notes so that you guys can link to that. Um, one reminder, um, self-love is not a destination. <laughs> it's a journey that we have um, towards self-love. And I don't, I think once we take care of one piece, the other one comes up and the other one comes up and we continue to work on them. But um, I guarantee that the, from personal experience, I guarantee that the experience is 10 times better when you start on the journey for yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's not easy, but it really beats living the way that you were living before, in my opinion. Totally worth it. And what I can say now, which I didn't know how to say before, or even thought of was anything that's difficult. That is for me, I'm all in because I am so fucking worth it. Yep. And that takes some work, but you can get there as well. If you need assistance, if you need resources, if you have any questions, I'll also put the podcast email link in the show notes so that you guys can send us a message, a request or a comment or anything else. Is there anything else you want to say? Or can we say sayonara? No, you just said that little tidbit of like, reflection and it made me think about the fact that our like we come into this world with just ourselves and we leave the world with just ourselves so so good yeah let's let's at least make it as enjoyable as possible right absolutely I agree I agree all right my beautiful humans we will talk at you guys next time Bye.